You're making Myron Goodman happy. It's his favorite part of the week. Billy Joel, Piano Man. That means it's 2 o'clock on a Friday. And we appreciate you for listening to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The text line has been on one. I don't know why I've been so happy despite the text line throwing strays my way. Not even so much strays because strays indicates that it wasn't directed towards you or that you weren't even a part of the conversation. But I am and people are directing their insults towards me. I did want to also talk a little bit more about some of the struggle bus situations people are enduring right now. I I did like Cackalax text. Had to pick up my dog's poop since I didn't get around to hiring Walker's poop and pig service. Yeah, you know, I'll continue to. <laughs> I should have never revealed that to everybody because, uh, yeah, a lot of people are clowning me for that. I mean, when you admit it to paying, was it 10 bucks a month to pick up? But it's not me. I just want this to be clear. I've said it a million times. My girlfriend already had the service. And plus, we need to employ people, right? Yes. I. You know what? We're doing a solid for the people in our city, and I'm not going to apologize for that. I mean, between that and getting a hand-me-down Mercedes as your first ever vehicle. Ah, that's that's bad, too. You just I come know. across like a straight-up dookie. I know, I know. It's like, that's really... something Kyle Singler would have uh, had happened to him in high yeah, school. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, 704, I'm sorry. Struggling with my love life. It's not working. Yeah, sorry. Fitty? My burner. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> me, you, me, you. We were on it. Uh, 704, two AC cars, AC... Two cars, no AC. It makes you weak. Love that. Um, Antoine said, try being a mail carrier in this heat. See, yes, we're complaining. And here's Antoine being a mail carrier out in this heat. You, sir, are the real MVP. This is this is the one thing that I've actually come around to the belief of we need robots for. Like, oh, you know, no. Are you, so, so wait. Listener Antoine writes in, and now you're trying to take his job away from him? Is that what's going on? I mean, look, I watched Newman and Seinfeld. I don't want to see the human race struggle having to deliver mail in the hot ass of summer. So let's just get robots. And let's just take their jobs away. That should be good. And let them do it. I'm sure. No offense, Antoine. They no, could do and, it. They and, could do it more efficiently. No. Oh, more effectively. Why are we doing this? No. And I, I want Antoine delivering my mail way before AI. Give me Ant. The only initial I want is it's starting with Antoine, not artificial. Okay, that's why <laughs> I want delivering my mail. Joke. It was bad. Big T from NC. He said currently rotating four pairs of briefs have to be on top of the laundry. You know, I'm sure people roll through that as well. What? Hunter wrote in <laughs> the left passenger door on my SUV won't open. Hasn't for a couple of years. Just not worth the money right now. That's the thing. People just make that decision. I think Kyle. We were talking about this with him in the fishbowl. He said right now. Half of his dash doesn't work. Now he's gonna get it fixed. This is not gonna be something that he lives with the long term, but he's gonna he's right now at least living with half the dash not working in his car. Yeah, I mean I think he got to work at like half dash ten. That's awful. Uh Ray Ray was talking about how I drive for a living in the truck that I drive does not have air, might be time for a new job, and I drive nine hours a day. Ray Ray, you're the real, everybody here is the real MVP, 100%. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in. Um, <laughs> I can't. I got to move on. Fitty, stop laughing at some of these texts. I did want to get to a Jake Fisher report. He's back, baby. Here he is talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Just when you thought the news and the rumors were done circulating around this team, 
No, sir. We do have a new rumor about a potential GM candidate for the Charlotte Hornets that Jake Fisher wrote about. And it's a GM candidate that was hired by Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets. That's uh, I think it's actually Peterson who is with them right now, who has come in as a young guy that a lot of people covet within the NBA circles. My question real quickly before we get more information here. How much do you want to move on from Mitch Kupchak now that there's new ownership here? Because everybody wanted to move on from new ownership. Yeah. But how badly do you want to move on with some of the other figureheads like Mitch Kupchak? Do you want to get rid of him as soon as his contract is up? And I know we've debated about Steve Clifford. Are you willing to say you want to move on from him as a head coach after what he did last year? Albeit an injury depleted season. When it comes to Cliff, like as much as I, I guess you could, you could say anti Cliff because I was pro JB. I mean, I remember my heart sunk whenever I, I read the notification that he was getting fired. If he takes this team to a winning record and they make the playoffs, there's no way you could justify, in my opinion, firing him. When it comes to Mitch, to, 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 to cup check, and this is what just really kills me, he's, he's, he's family. He's one of our own. It's time for something new. It's time for an, a, a GM that if, in, if, if he's in the position to allow to be aggressive, if Gay Plotkin and Rich Nall are going to allow them to spend money and be aggressive at the trade deadline and free agency, Mitch ain't the guy for that. Because all he's done is sit back here and said, yeah, we're not going to do that. We can't, we can't afford to do that. The thing I think about whenever they get a new general manager is do the Hornets need to operate like you see a lot of small market teams do, both in the NBA and Major League Baseball, do they need to become as analytically driven as they can become or just be welcoming of it. Yeah, right. No. And, and to your point, yes. And I'm not even sure that they aren't welcoming of analytics. I mm-hmm. think there is that part in their in their organization right now. There are the teams. There are the people that absolutely use advanced stats within that organization as it currently stands. And here I just wanted to get all the information correct. Jake Fisher talked about Brooklyn assistant general manager Jeff Peterson and how he's emerged as one of the most respected young executives in the NBA with new ownership in Charlotte. Should the Hornets ultimately move on from Mitch Kupchak? After the final year of his contract, Peterson has become widely linked by league personnel as a possible next lead executive within Charlotte's franchise. Now, what's interesting about Jeff Peterson, too, this guy only 34 years old. The Athletic did a piece on the 40 under 40, Mm -hmm. the 40 figures in the NBA that are as respected within front offices under the age of 40. And here he is at 34 years old, very young. He was featured in that piece. And Jeff Peterson actually has a write up. The marketing around Peterson, it is very strong. He's respected as far as the scouting department goes. Apparently, some of the reason as to why people think he's next in line to get one of these general manager jobs is that he puts a lot of faith in his scouting department. He's a conduit between some of the hierarchy that is the top notch of the totem pole and the players because communication, it is key in some of these situations. And apparently, some of the write-up that I was reading about him It's that he actually has great relationships with these players and he's able to communicate with them at a high level. I wonder how well Mitch Kupchak communicates with the players. You haven't heard anything bad about it, but also I I can't imagine it's it's phenomenal. Steve Clifford seems to have a great relationship with these guys. Yes, we know that he has a great relationship with LaMelo Ball, and that's the most important relationship as it stands right now. But with your GM, I just wonder how much that matters or if you try to stay away from it because it's the old money ball scene. You don't want to get too close to them. So when you trade them, you don't feel a personal type of way and business is conducted as business and not as personal stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you, you're looking at Peterson and him being 34, you can tell me if I'm wrong. If, if I had to go out on a limb, I'd say that's probably a guy as great as he is at scouting and and, and having relationships. Everything's probably going to be driven by a, a computer and a formula. And that's something that it, I'd love to hear your take on it. Something that I struggle with as a sports fan is how much analytics drives decisions in sports. You see it in baseball. And look, there are there are organizations that need it. Like the Tampa Bay Rays, they need the numbers to, to put a winning team on the court or on, or on the diamond. There are teams in the NBA that need analytics to, to, it, to be able to be competitive. But I also feel like the analytics they kind of ruin, like they, they, you know, because the two point shots are no longer valuable. Remember, you were complaining about a, a, uh, uh, I think it was Nick Smith Jr. took a long two point shot in in, in summer league, and you were well, like, well, it wasn't. No, and you were like, I didn't go and make that a three point shot, and I'm like, but if he shoots 28 percent from three, but 39 percent on that long two, I want that 39 percent long two shot going in. All right, so th- this is the thing that gets misconstrued about advanced stats altogether. It was a lot of long twos. I'm not going to get <laughs> mad at you for taking one, but it's a lot of long twos. And advanced stats want you to do the most efficient thing. It's not saying only take three-point shots. This is the argument that Kevin Durant got into when everybody ran wild with his tweet, who wants to do math watching a basketball game? There's some very real, very true, very, you know, there's a lot of truth to it in what Kevin Durant was saying. But Kevin Durant shoots like 55% on mid-range jumpers. It's okay for that guy to shoot that shot because it's a real efficient shot that you're drawing up. But if somebody else doesn't shoot at that kind of range, then you don't want them taking long twos. Go ahead and take a step back to where if you are shooting 35, 36% or more, then that's the shot you want. It's all about finding the efficient thing. It's not about, hey, only three-pointers, only free throws, only shots at the rim, anything else, it's a bad shot. For a lot of people... It's just working in the masses. But if somebody is doing a great job at hitting those 20-footers, then go ahead. Take all that. But not enough people do well because it's hard. And you only get two points for it if you take a hard enough shot. That's why it never really works out that way. This is interesting, too. Here we are talking about advanced stats being more prevalent within this organization. And here we are talking about a younger guy possibly taking over. It feels like those two things are often tied hand in hand. That's what at least the perception is. Yeah. When in reality, one of the things that is praised about Jeff Peterson, it's the relationship part of the business, which is a little bit more old school, right? Like if we go back to Moneyball, part of that is kind of the, I'm a robot. I have no feelings. I will trade you. That's the kind of thing that you're going with when that I know you're going to do it as a drop. I totally. Yes. Get it. But Jeff Peterson <laughs> actually has these abilities to create a good relationship with people, which still matters. Mm-hmm. Because remember when they hired Mitch Kupchak, part of the benefit you thought was coming with that was his ability to make deals. But it's a very different situation. You're talking about trading every piece that isn't named Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal for a while. And then when Shaq rolls, when he goes to Miami. Now you're trying to build around Kobe again, and then you're making deals for a Pau Gasol and some of these other guys that would eventually help them get to a couple of other championships and win more than they did. So this is this is something where you hope you just have the happy medium. Can you embrace advanced stats to the point where it helps your team? Can you embrace relationships and make some deals? Because this is not anything that's happened within the last three years with the Charlotte Hornets squad, and they've been off. They've been very quiet, not bringing in a whole lot of outside help. We've gotten numerous texts, and we've talked about this for what feels like, you know, eons and eons, and it's time for a new vision. I think 
I can't speak for the Hornets fans, but I think you can attest to that. There's still probably a large number of fan base of the fan base that is scared for them to move on from Mitch because it could also be worse. You could hire another food blogger to come run your basketball team and, and get you in the type of position that Rich Cho did. Big time bites, baby, elite. And, and and so as as I think I'm open to seeing Mitch have two years with no MJ to see what he does, and if he can do things that he couldn't do with MJ, maybe he was the right guy for all along. We could we could clearly state MJ held him back. I don't think that's what's going to be the ha- – I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think Mitch plays a big role in this. But I, I'm open to him being allowed to operate with full funds, full resources, and, and the and the ownerships backing of these type of decisions. Yeah, we can go to some of these texts you're referencing. Matt in Greensboro said, I would be a little interested to see what Mitch could do with the MJ handcuffs removed. I believe Mitch knows basketball talent as well as anyone. I do think the draft is the best thing he's done for this team so far. I do think – at least getting the contract done with LaMelo and not messing around with that great individual move, but also it wasn't a hard decision. Go ahead and take care of it. So I will give him kudos for it, but also one very hard. The draft is hard. And the fact that he hit on LaMelo ball, the guy that got the $200 million extension, the fact that he has hit on guys in the second round that stick around for second contracts. The fact that these guys are valuable enough like a Devontae Graham to where you parlay that second round pick in the form of an asset that's grown legs and Devontae, you get a first round pick in return. Yeah, lottery protected, but guess what that helped you get? Helped you get Mark Williams. Yeah. And helped you at least parlay that again into Nick Smith Jr., I believe. I believe that's the trade train that you go on as you go to the end of its life. So the fact that he's actually gotten some of these guys, it's... It's a pretty um, pretty nice resume that Mitch Kupchak has built when you talk about the draft. 704 said for Cliff, he's never won anything. Keep Mitch. It's not his fault. Jordan won't spend money over the cap. Mitch gathered plenty of talent in L.A. Yeah, second round picks, he got some staying power there. I, I, if we want to go random NBA players, I think a Ronnie Turioff is someone we can roll with. Former Nick. Former Bulldog from Gonzaga as well. I think we can go with Robert Sacre. Yeah, another big guy from Gonzaga. I don't know what it was about Gonzaga. I remember when he when he was starting for the Lakers, you knew it was bad. <laughs> it was, yeah. It, you're saying I shouldn't use that as a point of emphasis on how well <laughs> Mitch Kupchak drafts. All right, fine. At least he had some staying power in the NBA. I, I did want to finish up with this. Um, you do have Jeff Peterson. There's a lot of information on this guy. Like so many times, you'll see rumors surrounding one individual person within the NBA and all you can really do is you know take whatever the author is is saying you know like Jake Fisher is is telling you some of this stuff and you can't find more information you can on Jeff Peterson there's an NBA 40 under 40 article by the Athletic it was written by Mike Vorkanov and it was written on March 8th 2022 so yes it's a little while ago but I think a lot of this stuff still holds up and there is an Atlanta connection because Rick Schnall, minority owner now with the Charlotte Hornets, used to work with Peterson, who was within the Hawks organization before Sean Marks hired him to be an assistant GM with the Brooklyn franchise. And so there is some information to find for sure on Jeff Peterson if you wanted to do so. Let's give you some more information on the Charlotte 49er team. It's team week. We will end our featured program for this week. Hunter Bailey going to be joining us in studio to talk more about it and go over the schedule. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Bulls makes the catch, dives ahead, easy in, yes sir! 
greatest heartbreaks. For the first time in program history, Charlotte beats a Power 5 opponent. Club lit indeed. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. College football is here. Oh, it's the last time you'll hear those sound bites, those highlights in the Team Week intro as we conclude Charlotte 49ers time under the sun. It's Team Week ending our group of five schools in the Carolinas, really. We'll go to the Power Five schedule, really the ACC, coming up next week. I don't know who we're going to start with. Maybe Wake Forest. I'll have to get that from Wes. We'll see what he wants to do, whether it be Wake Forest. Maybe we go with South Carolina. I'm not sure, but we'll move on to the Power Five next week. But we do have to finish up with Charlotte. I thought... Who better to bring into the studio, the Planet Kia Studios, than Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer, the Charlotte Post, where he covers the Hornets as well. So I imagine you're going to be featured a lot more after you announce your job on these airwaves. So he's becoming a friend of the show. He already has been. Hunter Bailey in studio right now. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Glad glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Did you like the Hog and Dawes Hog Mollies promotion that I was trying to get going with Biff Pogey? Sounds like you got a new job, man. You got to dust off on some marketing there. I wonder how much he pays, though, because if he's not getting the player's money right now at the end of that interview, we said the results weren't in quite yet. I don't want to take any of that money away. So I'll just we'll just see what happens with the other money that he's able to bring in. And I won't take any of it away. Um, I did want to start. By just going over the schedule, and you said you wrote about this already, right? I did. This was back in February when it kind of when it kind of unveiled the American Athletic Conference. Obviously, a non-conference been scheduled for a while, but yeah, I wrote a story a few months ago, and it's about that time, man. It's a little over a month away. Are you one of the writers that he wants to dangle by your ankles and chastise you for having them last? I'm gonna say I hope not, but uh, it's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, you do have them last. Like that's no. really the simplicity. Okay, yeah, here of we it. go. No, I did not have okay. them last. So uh, you're safe. Yes, I had them in the top ten, and it was tenth. I'll just be transparent there. <laughs> uh, but they were in the top ten, so <laughs> you're, we're, we're back. You you are giving them a lot more respect than the other media members are within this conference. But before we start to break this down game for game, I do want to know what the chances are of maybe not reaching a bowl game, but just how different is this team going to be? Because the players are extremely different. We know how different the coach is going to be. I asked him at the very beginning of that interview, you're the one discussing how this isn't just some conference USA team rolling into the ACC. Why? Why aren't you that same team anymore? And Biff said, look, Everything about us is completely different. And so now with that being the word used to describe this program compared to last, how much optimism should we have surrounding this team that didn't finish well last year? But again, that's not last year's team. Yeah, I mean, he he said it earlier, 52 new players, a brand new staff, obviously the, the man himself, Biff Pogey. So you're you're looking at it like, all right, they retained about 45, 50 of the old players. There's 13 players that started games in the past two seasons for the Niners that are gone at the portal. And so you're looking at it like this, right? It's a new quarterback. The big three is gone. Vic Tucker, Grant DeBose, Elijah Spencer. It's clear. It's really not clear who the playmakers are going to be. You're looking at a whole new offensive line and really a brand new defense. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of question marks. And that's why I wrote this Charlotte's the Americans biggest wild card. Because if Jalen Jones is that guy, he's the elite skill set that Poji talks about. I mean, we've seen him throw seven passes in a Charlotte uniform. You can watch his tape at Jackson State at Bethune Cookman. You can see he's got he's got some some flashes. 14 touchdowns, seven picks last year. So with all these new talent coming in, all these new players, 
it's really just a big question mark. I would say optimism is high, especially on social media for this team. But there's a lot of talk right now, and they're going to have to back that up starting September 2nd. There's no doubt that you have to win football games. It's the only thing left to do after the hype of the offseason. But I think you are showing more respect because it's clear. We we can't go off of anything from this team because everybody is a new guy. I mean, for the most part, anybody getting legitimate snaps, being a part of what is going to be the core of this football team, that's all very new. So we don't know what to expect. I think calling them a wild card is about as much respect respect as you're realistically going to get yeah. and it's and it's and it's real too we're not just saying this to try to bring out some optimism the wild card aspect is very real with a guy that i respect as a head coach yep. and we do have some evidence from that i did bring up to him in that interview that plenty of michigan players are pointing to him and saying hey that guy right there that head coach at charlotte that's the reason we got over the hump in ann arbor yep. and there was a lot of criticism going towards jim harbaugh to try to get to the college football playoff if poachy shows up and they're getting there. Yeah. Top four teams. You look at it, right? So Yabi Oki talked all, like all about this. So he's been to a ton of different schools. Started at Bama, played at Houston, went to Michigan. There's a JUCO in between. I believe it's UT Martin. And then he has his career best year at Michigan last year, starting two games, getting four or five sacks, playing college football playoff. And then he's, you know what? I'm going to follow Biff Pogey to mm-hmm. Charlotte. Yeah. Where he, I mean, he had a starting job likely locked down at Michigan, and he decides to come to Charlotte just to follow this guy. And you see that. I think Pogey said there's 28 players on this roster now that he's previously coached. A lot of them are featured in the cost of winning. If you haven't checked that out, do so. But there is a lot of cohesion already generated from past experiences with this guy. And you can tell these players love him. And I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what that looks like on the football field with camp starting on the 4th. You know what I love, too, is that Biff Pogey doesn't seem to care how much the media likes him. And all he cares about is the players liking him. Yeah, he when, doesn't care at all. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's spoken like a media member dealing with Biff Pogey a little bit here <laughs> as a beat writer for the Charlotte 49ers. All right, let's break down the schedule. What we've been doing is we've been going... Four games at a time, and then we'll finish out the schedule from there. And so, Hunter, honestly, you already wrote about it. You're already prepared as much as anybody. So I'm going to let you revert back to your article that you wrote in February (laughs) that people can find. Maybe you can retweet it or something like that alongside this segment that we'll post on the website. So what say you on the first four games of the season? What kind of record is Charlotte looking at? I think if you can get out of the first four, two and two, you set yourself up. 100%. Conference slate. Uh, South Carolina State at home. Six o'clock game, that's you got to win that game. You got to come out, flex your muscles, show a lot of the depth on the team. And Poji talked about it just a little bit ago. They want to play a lot of guys. That's a great week. South Carolina State went three and eight last year. Jalen Jones played against them with Bethune Cookman. After that, you're going to Maryland, right? This is this is the game that's circled on their calendars. Doesn't matter what anyone tells you. Poji, obviously, being from from Baltimore, St. Francis, a lot of these guys had offers. A lot of these guys even transferred in from Maryland. And I think that gives Charlotte some of a leg up, some, somewhat of a leg up with, I mean, here are some of the calls. Here's the playbook that you know these guys are bringing to Pogey. So you're looking at that game after they, I mean, destroyed them 56-21 at Jerry Richardson last year. I'm not going to tell you they're going to win that game. I have it being more competitive, but resulting in a loss. Then you come home September 16th for Georgia State. That was Charlotte's first win last year. Mm-hmm. Chris Reynolds went berserk. Grant DeBose catches the game-winning touchdown. Charlotte upsets Georgia State on the road. And that really pissed off Sean, Sean Elliott, their head coach. And he did a post-game presser after, and it was very, very, like, he was clearly upset and frustrated. I expect that one to be chippy. Like, there's going to be a lot, a lot going on, storyline from last year, and a whole new team as well. And then you round out 
non-conference play at Florida and at the Swamp. And and I said it to you the other day. I need the Mike Hill off the rails pregame speech. <laughs> like, let's get after it. I think you're going down there. You're you're dropping that game. So two Power Five losses to start the season. But I mean, at the same time, Florida doesn't have Anthony Richardson. Their win total projection for this year is five and a half. So they might be on a little bit of a down year. It could be a fun game. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I think two and two is about as realistic you'll probably go with here. I don't know how many people truly believe they're going to beat Maryland. I would love to be proven wrong. I mean, Biff Poggi, you can chastise me all you want to. If I choose you to lose to Maryland and Florida and then you beat them, you can get on this radio show and insult me all you want to. That's totally fine. I agree with you. Think about the first game of the season. It's going to be a night game. Yep. So perhaps a little bit more anticipation, people getting excited for an evening contest against South Carolina state. After all this talk, after him saying he wants to hang the riders by their ankles and chastise them, as we've mentioned, right? If you lose against South Carolina oh, state in your opening game, it's a, it's a big time letdown. Now it doesn't mean you can't bounce back from it, but that would be a big time letdown, especially with Maryland coming up as the next game. And then if you go, Oh, and two wild card game with Georgia state, Florida, I completely agree with you. You have to win that game to set the foundation for something better. And I'll go with the optimism here. I'll say they finished two and two. And I don't think that's crazy because they beat Georgia state last year, as you mentioned. And here it is a completely different team. I expect this coach to be better than Will Healy. I expect the trenches to be a lot better. The defense can't get any worse. Yeah. Give me a two and two record to start the first four games. Yeah. And I mean, you look at it too. They've got big, big like time slots there. At Maryland, 7.30 on NBC. That's that's huge for yeah, the program. Point. Florida's a night game. South Carolina State's a night game. There's there's a lot of hype to start the season. All right, so let's go to the next four games. The next four, September 30th, you're on the road against SMU. You're home against Navy. That should be a lot of fun. Homecoming. On the road against ECU. Hunter, ECU fans have shown out more on our Team Week stuff online than anybody else. And it's not something I expected, to be honest. And I'll be naive for that. I thought Charlotte fans would, you know, listen to a lot more of our product on the website. Same thing with App State. App State didn't really show up. ECU, lots of people listening to the first week we debuted Team Week. So that game, lots of ECU fans talking trash about that Charlotte matchup. And then to end the next four-game stretch, you're at home against FAU. Let's go to your article. Hunter, what do you have in the next four games? So at Southern Miss, they finished 7-5 last year under Rhett Lashley. Uh, the biggest thing, I think, for Charlotte, the biggest plus here is SMU plays plays at TCU the week before. So maybe they'll get stomped. Maybe something will happen. Charlotte has a chance in that one. Uh, but going on the road for the first American Athletic Conference game, I think it's huge. That's going to be a fun environment. Uh, I have that one as likely an L. I think SMU returned a lot of players, and they have a solid year. Their transfer portal work was fantastic yeah, this season. Saying. Yeah, 100%. And Following that, you've got the open week. I think that's a good reset. Then you're coming home for Navy, right? That's homecoming. I think that might sell the most tickets ever for Charlotte. Uh, when you, I mean, maybe App State, when they came here prior, they had to add like standing room only and add some temporary bleachers. But homecoming with a program like Navy, and I think that's a game that you might have as a toss-up. It might end in two hours. Dude, all these teams are going to do is run the ball. So <laughs> yeah. It could be done by, I don't even know what time it is, but that's a toss-up. I, I Give me that Charlotte wins okay, at yeah. home. Well, yeah, we'll play a little. I mean, look, there's a reason to believe that they can win that one. But, yeah, we'll, we'll do the homer thing since we both went to Charlotte. But, look, you got a new coach, right, as you were mentioning. Go ahead, proceed. But I, I'm with you on that. Navy also has a new coach, too, under That's Brian saying, Newberry. Yeah. And I, I just think that could be interesting. And at that point of the year, you'll kind of know what each team has, and there won't be as many questions coming into the sixth game of the season. 
Uh, but following that, this is the biggest game. And I did a Twitter poll and said, which game as 49er fans are you most excited for? An overwhelming amount, ECU, at ECU. Pretty much every fan that commented back said, we've already got our travel plans. Like, that's going to be a really fun environment at East Carolina. And I don't really know what they're going to be like. Uh, Holden Athers is gone. I believe that's how you say his name. Ayler's apologize for any ECU fans that are about to start, start talking right after that. <laughs> uh, but the Mike Houston storyline, you and I have talked a lot about that. And I think, I mean, that's that's a super tough game to go on the road and so, win. So you want to hear the pregame speech from Mike Hill before Florida. I, I want to hear it before they face ECU. That's fair. I want to hear what Mike Hill has to say as this team goes against Mike Houston, who yeah. famously, if you don't know, brought that job offer to the public. Mike Hill rescinded that offer after he didn't like the way Mike Houston pretty transparently tried to parlay that into the ECU job, and it worked. Yeah. Worked for him. He eventually got it, and then that's why Mike Hill eventually went to Will Healy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's going to be... Everyone is fired up for that game. I'm not even going to put out a prediction for that. We're moving straight to October 27th. Hunter, right. I look, I got to hold it. To, I, you, you got to, man. Look, right. it, it's okay if you pick ECU. That's fine. But it's okay if Charlotte wins, and then we can be happy about it at the end either way. We'll go with that. I will pick ECU at this point, like I said, with the question mark so big. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I think, obviously, it'll be a lot more clear. It'll be a lot more actual real prediction going on. All right, so you have a 1-3 and three record, right? I you do. have them beating Navy at homecoming, and then you have them losing the other wild card game. Yeah, I've got them losing to SMU. SMU looks like a really good football good. team. Yeah, and they're picked third to finish in the conference that way, so I expect them, especially at the beginning, at home. I, it's going to be too much for me to pick Charlotte against SMU. I'll have them beat Navy. If this is going to be a battle between new coaches coming into their program, I trust that guy, Biff Pogey. Yeah. I, I know Navy's offense isn't going to change all that much, so it's not going to be this 100% identity change that's going to help them with the transition. But I'll take the new head coach with something totally different. Yeah. This is also, what kind of film are you going to watch? Like high school film that's, with, with that's Biff Pogey? That's the biggest thing is studying this team. At, like, it's, it's a wild card, Yeah, man. what are you going to do? You're going to watch Will Healy's team from last year? Because it's, it's, it's not that anymore. So the wild card stuff, I think, is going to work in Charlotte's favor. Hunter, you can call me Homer if you want to. That's fine. I've got them beating ECU. Even if it's on the road, I've got them beating ECU. i got to stand strong with what I had when we did the preview for ECU. I actually like what the Pirates have this year. I think Mason Garcia will be fine enough, and I, I do respect Mike Houston. Even if I did feel burned by the way he Definitely. played Charlotte, I do like Mike Houston as a coach. I'm going to go with a monster victory on the road for Charlotte. I'll have them lose to FAU. So I've got them 2-2 two and two again, but that's a 500 record for me. Like Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm drinking all of the uh, uh, golden green Kool-Aid. So I'm the flip there. So I've got them dropping at ECU and then bouncing back at home against FAU. Charlotte hasn't beat FAU since 2018. They've been embarrassed in a couple okay. games. I think this one is the bounce back. FAU's first year under Tom Herman. Uh, one thing that's been very clear in every matchup since 2018 against FAU is they have the superior athletes. I think this team for Charlotte is going to be a lot different with so, so many four and five star transfers from across the country. I think that one is going to be a really, really fun game. And it's on a Friday night. So give me Charlotte in that one. So at this point where we're four and four, mm -hmm. I, we're, we're bowling. Yeah, we're, we're close. Bowl bound. We're close. I love <laughs> it. Yes. I know Biff Pogey appreciates this record breakdown. Final one, last four game stretch of the year on the road against Tulsa. At home versus Memphis and Rice back-to-back -back weeks, then on the road against South Florida to finish the regular season. Are they going to go bowling after this next prediction for the next four games, Hunter? This is tough because you look at the last two games of the season, Rice and USF, and you're like, all right, these are winnable games. They should – I mean, if you put the teams out there from last year, I think – I mean, Charlotte was 
Charlotte was bad last year, three and nine, and they went to Rice and they put up fifty six points on them. <laughs> so well, you, this is the thing too, right? Rosamundo takes over and they're two and two. Right. It's very different from the bad football that was taking place before he took over as the interim. All right, so starting at Tulsa, I feel like I feel like that's probably a drop. Kevin Wilson is the new head coach at Tulsa. Uh, they missed bowl eligibility for the first time since 2019. They went five and seven last year. And a little tidbit: uh, Ryan Switzer, former North Carolina Tar Heel, actually was in the running to be Charlotte's running back coach and special teams coach. Uh, that didn't work out. He's now at Tulsa. Maybe that's a little added motivation for them. I don't really know if that will play much of a factor. But I have an L there. You come home for Memphis. I think Memphis is really good. Yeah, Memphis uh, is picked to finish, I believe, second in the conference, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And so the, another little tidbit on that, Carson Black. Fourth? fourth? Yeah, sorry, okay. fourth. Carson Black, Charlotte's uh, first freshman quarterback commit under Pogey, is actually a Memphis flip playing for the 49ers. And as Pogey just said, we're going to play all our quarterbacks. Uh, so who who knows? Uh, so I've got two L's there. You're sitting at four and six, the final two games of the year. Give me ball eligibility, guys. Yeah. Dumb at Rice. This is such Dumb a homer segment. Florida. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love every bit of it. Yes, we have two homers predicting. There is no objectivity, people. We are picking the Charlotte 49ers to go bowling. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm with you on Tulsa. Um, you said, or oh, wait, did you have them beating Tulsa? I have them beating yeah, Tulsa. So no, I have them losing at Tulsa. All right. Losing at Tulsa for you. I'm going to have them beating against Tulsa. I do think the new coach thing comes into play here. A lot of new coaches on the schedule. There's a ton. Yeah. A lot of new coaches on the schedule. I think that bears well for the Charlotte 49ers. Memphis, I'll have them losing that game for sure. I'll have them beating Rice. That would secure bowl eligibility. And then on the road against South Florida, that's where I'll have an L come over. But at least they finished with six wins, according. So two and two, two and two, two and two. Yeah. That's how it rolls. How confident are you in that prediction? Uh, low. Okay, oh, same. Lie to you. same. That's all right, though. <laughs> That's all that matters. Fiddy, are we being too homer for you, or do you like the way that we're pulling for our alma mater? It's no rules Friday. Homer your ass is off. Oh, Let's go. It. Yes, Fiddy, thank you for that. Uh, that'll do it for the final predictions, the conference, the schedule overlook. Hunter Bailey joining us in the Planet Kia studios. You can find him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? At Hunter underscore Bailey 45. All right. He also just took a job at the Charlotte Post. He's going to be covering the Charlotte Hornets, doing a great job, just as he's always done with the Charlotte 49ers. And host of the Highway 49 podcast just dropped an episode that I appeared on last week or earlier this week, I should say. That's out for people to listen to as well. So appreciate the time. And there's plenty of places people can find you. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. That was a lot of fun. Homer Charlotte Team Week. That's exactly what we're about here on Wesson Walker. One more segment to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Closing out the week on Wesson Walker. Ending it with a Fiddy and Walker closer. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Fort Mill Niner. He's happy about my homerism. Hell yeah, Walker. I think we got five exclamation points right there. Also, 980. Bill from Charlotte wrote in. FYI, Vegas over under wins for Charlotte. Three and a half. Pound the over, baby. Once it's legal, and if you want to be in a different state, or if you want to go to Vegas, pound the over then. Three and a half. I'm not believing it. Bring me the over. And here's the thing. Maybe I'm talking myself into it. That's fine. Like, maybe I'm just trying to believe it so much that it's working for me. But if you go to Athlon and look at the AAC preview 
a couple of those last games we were talking about. Rice, they're finished to or they're picked to finish twelfth in the conference. South Florida, the last game of the season for Charlotte. They're picked to finish thirteenth in the conference. Charlotte picked to finish fourteenth, but Biff told you, different team. Don't look at last year's record. All you can do is look at this year's team. And there's not a lot of people that are good returning for South Florida. Same thing with Rice. The first half of the schedule is brutal because you have a Maryland, you have a Florida, you have a couple of Power 5 schools. You also, I believe it is in the first half or right at the midway point, that's when you go to G Vegas and play ECU and it is on the road. But the latter half of this thing, that's where Charlotte could really make up some ground if they lose a couple unexpectedly so in the first half of the season. Am I selling you on some of this optimism, Fitty? Like, are you feeling a little bit of what I'm putting down? Yeah, I mean, I also feel like like this time of the year is probably when you get about as optimistic as you're going to be if you feel like you. That's correct. You're not going to be great this year um, with my team. I've kind of flipped around where I thought I was going to have Carolina going into the season. I filled out my first media ballot today, and they finished higher than I originally thought. You were so nervous about that. I was really excited too. I've changed my tune on what they're going to do week one right here in our backyard. So. I understand what you're doing because, like, now's the time. Like, media weeks just got done. You just talked to your head coach who told you point blank, we're going to be good. And so when you hear that with that type of confidence, you should homer up a little bit because you're a fan. He played some Jedi mind tricks on me, and it worked. And now I'm saying Charlotte is going bowling. All right, let's end out the week as we always do. The week that was, the funniest moments, the highlights. Go ahead, Fiddy, take it away. Oh, Walker. Damn. You know, crazy week on the show. Two remotes. Wes in and out of the show pretty much after Monday. But you and I and a little bit of Wes, we still managed to have ourselves a week here on the show. And we go back to Tuesday. Oh, no. When we were talking about your your famous I do, I do, I do, ooh drop that we have and i said that that should be what you say whenever you get married when you do your vows or whatever i I like that idea and then we started talking about uh how i want walk-up music for my wedding Mm. and uh yeah okay then you took a sideways (laughs) i want my own music that i'm gonna walk down to the aisle as long as well as my groomsmen so you you want on deck circle music when you're walking up to the plate (laughs) yes absolutely i do well hold on what is the song gonna be is it is it gonna be Billy Joel? Because it's not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be an all time letdown. But that's your song. It might mean something sentimental to you, but it would not get the people going. It is not provocative. No, in my head, it would always be me and the guys walking down to the Game of Thrones uh, intro music because, like, Instead you know, of winter is coming. Fitty is coming. <laughs> Let's read some other text. 704-570-9610. It was a Game of Thrones reference. It was a Game of Thrones reference, and you take it there. You just can't say that word. You just can't say it. Can I get someone professional, please? As soon as I said it, you started laughing. You couldn't even form a take. Do you even utter one word, or do you just laugh the entire time? Because it's okay to, if you want to think about it, fine, but then just move on. But you can't even form one word to help me out. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm getting all the blame. And maybe I should because I'm 26-year-old and I laugh at stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, you get to see my face. It's vice versa. I You knew the second you said that. You, sh- you shouldn't have said that. Don't so, blame like, this on me. I could see your brain thinking, 
how do I get out of this? And instead of me helping you, I was just over here laughing at you. You, so. you, you took the steering wheel from me in the passenger <laughs> seat, and you decided to turn the wheel to make sure we fall off into a ditch and we are no longer on the road to anything successful. What's the next highlight, Fiddy? What you got? All right, so we talked a lot about how we were very impressed with Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. Really impressive. We saw the, the bromance that is Wes and Riley multiple yeah. times, whether it was on Wes's Instagram stories or on set with us. But he also had an interesting message he got from his mom that he he asked for going into media day about him potentially sucking. Check it out. You've asked your mother to talk trash to you in order to build some kind of kind of adversity to go through. Explain. Right? Yeah, that's right. So this has actually been happening for a long time. So in high school, everybody wants to give me so much praise, and I kind of got tired of it. I was like, hey, somebody's got to tell me I suck every once in a while. And my mom was like, hey. I'll take it. Oh, so she offered to do it. She, she, yeah. And, and and let me tell you, she's she's like the sweetest lady ever. So it's kind of hard for her, I, as you can imagine. She's like, I love you. You suck. I, I love you still. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 been really fun to run with. I actually, I have the bracelet here that she made for me. <laughs> the bracelet in all caps in you know pretty fun graphic but it says you suck and so he gets to look at that anytime and then again i made the point that he hears his mom's voice saying you suck and it's very waterboy-esque when he tries to manufacture anger and then he sees henry winkler singing water sucks it really really sucks water sucks and that's what he hears out there on the football field in order to get the best possible football out of duke's quarterback i love every bit of it all right we'll end with the moment yesterday on the show where joe ovius came by and y'all opened up some baseball cards from 1987 and inside the baseball card pack was from gum was was gum from 1987 and y'all tried it Mm. and uh it's worth listening to um, I think I have every piece. It Here's is crumbly. It is fine. There is the. It is thick. I'm a word word of warning, okay? Because uh-huh. I did this once already. Jeff Halfley, by the way, is the only coach here who's had the gum. It's going to disintegrate. I hope you go get water at at the break. And again, I asked the reason why I asked cameras is y'all. It's 2023. You got to go viral. You I ready? Know. I even come from somewhat of a YouTube background now. With the you're podcast. young. Come I on, I man. Know. All right. You Don't let the 44 year old do this. All right, ready? Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to, to you. Gum. Boom. You hear that? You hear that? Oh, you hear that, guys? Oh, God. Yeah. That is crunchy. Mm-hmm. All right. That is all kinds of bad. That is gross. <laughs> Wait, does it, it takes me back to when I was eight years old. What are you talking about? Um, oh, I've got more. I'm going to do it. Oh, God. You hear that? It's like mm, a clap. That's gross. It's like you can hear people clapping in the background, except it's just me chewing on 50-year-old gum. It was so bad. Legitim- I'm not even joking with you. Had a little bit of a stomach ache for about 40 minutes. And mm. then I, all I had was carbonated water. I had one of those bubbly soda can things, and all it did was carbonate the bad taste in my mouth and continue to give me a headache. That's how we'll end, Wes and Walker. Appreciate everybody joining us. And what was a chaotic week? Hope you have a great weekend. And make sure you get it started off right by listening to the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next from 3 to 6 on Sports Radio. There you hear the man, 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.